Hello, hi, welcome to another Pyrophilite podcast. Um, it's Hannah today and I'm here with Natalie Rigby in the lovely Falmouth um, to talk to her a bit about an exhibition that she's curated that is on show at the moment. So Natalie is the curator at the Falmouth Art Gallery and she's also a freelance curator. So thank you Natalie for talking to us today. Hi. Um, so yes, so I was reading online that um, this exhibition that you've uh, curated, it's been a seven year long project. Could you tell me a bit about the background, how it came to be, what your interest is in the King Arthur legends? Okay, so the um, the project basically came from um, my affinity, if you like, with um, our famous art gallery's Lady of Shalott painting, which is actually uh, a Waterhouse oil study for the final piece which is in Leeds and the paintings actually in the show at William Morris at the moment. So um, I started researching the the Lady of Shalott tale which we all knew about we kind of all we all know about the Lady of Shalott don't we? Yeah. Um, so I started looking into the basis of, of that tale um, and then it kind of ignited, because I knew it was Arthurian, but I wasn't sure how, how far it was Arthurian. And then it kind of reignited this passion that I had when I was a teenager, which would send me and my friends on camping trips to Glastonbury. Fabulous. <laughs> 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 and all over the southwest, really. Um, and uh, my mum even managed to dig out some books that I'd had when I was like 17, which was, you know, all the basis of the legend, which was quite funny. But uh, so, yeah, I found this affinity with this, this, pit, this painting mm. and um, we discovered the Arthurian obsession. But it, it's also my, I call it my big divorce project um, because I was going through a horrific divorce at the time and I needed something. I needed some kind of distraction, so I ended up kind of throwing myself into this project. Um, and I and I do make jokes about the fact that our Lady of Shalott painting is a woman in a tower <laughs> who's not yeah. allowed to look out the window. Mm. And when she does look out the window, the mirror cracks and she's cursed and then has to go off to a boat to die. Mm. Um, so I, uh, I'm sure my therapist would have a lot to say about that. <laughs> It's wonderful it came from that, that painting and the idea and then it kind of came yeah, fruition into an exhibition. So yeah, what were the kind of themes that you wanted to draw out in The Lady of Shalott or in the kind of wider exhibition? What are the kind of key points? So I, um, I, the, I have to thank Alison Smith at the National Portrait Gallery really because I, I, I proposed the idea of the exhibition to my then director um, and she actually turned it down because she said it wasn't relevant. So, um, because I'm quite stubborn, I ended up uh, applying for a Jonathan Ruffer grant um, and trolleying all the way up to London, which you'll know is a long way from down here. Mm, yeah. um, and I booked myself 10 minutes with Alison at the National Portrait Gallery. Fabulous. And I said, I've had this idea, I've had this idea and about a pre-Raphaelite show, um, all based on King Arthur. Have you, do you, I mean, I can't find anyone who's done it before. Has anyone done it before? And she went... No. <laughs> she said, you must, mm. you must, you know, you must carry on with this idea. So from that, I just went back to the drawing board and I started researching. Um, and then all of these lovely works just cut, started coming out of the woodwork. And then I discovered Holman Hunt had been to Cornwall. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the relevance came because it was, uh, we, had the, we then had the Cornish link, we had the Tennyson mm. link, because obviously mm. they travelled here together. Yeah. 
Um, and so then I approached an archaeologist um, who was digging on Tintagel at the time. Amazing. And she then um, put together uh, all, all the information for a map mm. which showed all of the Arthurian locations in Cornwall. Wow. So there's about 40. Mm. Um, so then the idea for the show um, was based around the Arthurian locations mm -hmm. but focusing on pre-Raphaelite works. Mm -hmm. So um, if you... Unfortunately, we couldn't get it for the exhibition, but there is a really lovely Rossetti, mm. um, which is at the Ashmolean, Ash actually, mm -hmm. which is lovers at, in Carlisle. Oh, yes. And it's um, Lancelot and Guinevere. Amazing. Because they had their affair in Carlisle. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a touring exhibition with three locations, and you described it as a non-national museum tour, so it's more kind of smaller rural galleries. Why was that important to you? Okay, so my... Um, my Big, my big thing um, working in a museum, um, and it probably because of my uh, work, very much working class background, mm -hmm. we find down here that we don't, and again, I'll, I'll keep saying about this, you know, it's a six hour trip to London, it's an mm -hmm. overnight stay. If, any, if you wanted to go to London and you're a family, you're talking a thousand pounds straight mm -hmm. off the bat. Um, and obviously that's not accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, to our low-income families down here. So my job, I see my job as bringing the great art down here. And so the reason why it's non-national is because I wanted it to be in those locations that aren't necessarily classed as the big, the big places. Mm. So it, it's kind of focusing more on getting the work out there to people who don't, wouldn't usually get the chance to access it. I think that's really brilliant, that sense of inclusion. Mm. Um, and in terms of inclusion as well, I know in your exhibition um, you have an artwork of Fanny Eaton, so maybe looking at kind of race and to do with the legends, and also potentially looking at a queer topic. So I was wondering if you could kind of expand on, on those kind of inclusive themes as well. So um, I've had uh, I've been very lucky because um, I've not just been working on the exhibition. I've actually, I've actually managed to work on a card game with oh, Laura, wow. yeah, with Lawrence King <laughs> Publishing and a, and a jigsaw. So when Wonderful. I was researching the characters, I had to come up with sixty. Um, I started looking at the sort of all all of the different knights and the different um, women and people, and um, I discovered that there were. There were definitely queer queer representations, um, but also um, the characters are from all over the place. I mean, Elaine is a Muslim, mm -hmm. um, and this is very much off the top of my head. There are um, black characters, so Mordred is said to be one, mm -hmm. but the problem is with it being a Christian tale, mm. is often they're misrepresented as bad characters. Right. So I think the whole point for us was to kind of say that actually it's not about good and bad, it's about mm. powerful. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, 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 we're representing them in the, in the right way kind of thing. Mm. But Sir, I mean, we, we, we talked about Sir Galahalt just now. Mm. I mean, he, he's fascinating because he, he is um, the son of a, a son of a giant and a lady. Mm. Um, so he's called a half giant. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what a half giant is. <laughs> um, maybe that's a normal sized person, I don't know. <laughs> So that's what he's described as. Mm. Yeah, and he's actually he's actually in love with Lancelot. Mm. And in some of the French tales, they actually have an affair. 
wow, which I, I think that. is great. Yeah, yeah, and no so, idea. And, and yeah, and so that for me is why the Arthurian legend is so important because um, it doesn't matter like mm. where you're from, mm. what you look like, mm-hmm. um, whether you're a male, female, whether you have a physical a disability mm. or mm-hmm. um, a physical difference, sorry. Mm. Um, all the characters are strong mm. and powerful and they all have their place in the tale, so mm-hmm. no one's misrepresented or even left out, which is why I love it so much. Amazing. So the exhibition's coming to Falmouth in June mm-hmm. next year, and before that it's going to up to Carlisle, it's at the William Morris Gallery at the moment, so how is it different in the three different places? How do you link it to the local? Yeah. Okay, so it gets it, it just gets bigger and better. So um, the, the great thing about the, this show is I've, I've got three very different venues, Mm. So um, William Morris wanted to focus on um, very much on obvious, obviously on the William Morris aspect of their story. So they wanted the tapestries, mm-hmm. um, and they also wanted to show the La Belle Azolte, which is um, which I don't believe they've had on show there before. Oh wow! So they very much wanted to tell that story, which mm-hmm. is great. And so if you see the show, it's also got the dress that was used in that in that painting Brilliant. as well. Wow. Um, so at Carlisle, we will very much be focusing on the Ky- Carlisle aspects of the legend, but we'll also have a lot more works, and a lot bigger works, because t- a Tally House is a massive space, it's a huge exhibition space, so in terms of work, it'll be a lot more exciting in scale. But what I have managed to do is I've managed to get the Watts picture of Sir Galahad from Eton College. Amazing. So it was installed by the artist in the chapel there mm. and it's never been out of the chapel. So this will be the first time it's going away. Wow, that's so exciting. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. So yeah, so that's it'll be well worth going up to Tully House just to see that. So we'll have the study and, and the, the, the final piece which is huge mm. on display together. Yeah. And then at Falmouth, we've got the whole of the Waterhouse series of the Lady of Shalott. Amazing. So that will include our, obviously our oil study, but also the sketchbooks. Mm. Um, so you'll be able to see the whole series of paintings plus all the preparatory works as well. Brilliant. Yeah, I love preparatory works. They're mm. really great for seeing how the artist sort of works out their ideas. So as well as um, artworks and sketchbooks, I know you've also got tapestries involved. What mm. other kind of objects as well can we see in the exhibition? So the tapestries are great because they're so huge. Um, so there are six Holy Grail tapestries altogether, but we, we've only managed to secure two, which is probably a good thing because we wouldn't be able to fit all, all six. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you want to see them, they're at Birmingham. Mm. Um, so we've got the tapestries, we've got books, um, we've got a really exciting, or at least I find exciting, um, copy of um, Waterhouse's personal copy of the Tennyson poems, Amazing. which he's uh, drawn doodles in. Wow. So we've got that. Um, at Tully House, we're going to have medallions. Um, so the original medallions that were made of Tennyson for mm. his, um, his uh, illustrated, um, Moxon illustrated book. Mm. Um, so yes, that's what we're looking at. So it'll be paintings, drawings, uh, watercolours, a little, a tiny little bit of sculpture, and and books. Amazing. Oh, and etchings, of course. Yes. <laughs> Fabulous. How can I do everything? And yeah, it's an incredible exhibition. I wanted to ask you as well a bit about your background and how you came to be the curator of the Art Gallery, and yeah, where your kind of your interest started. 
I um I knew I wanted to um yeah, sorry, this is a funny one. So no, when I was a kid, right. I was absolutely obsessed with Indiana Jones. Amazing. Absolutely obsessed with Indiana Jones. <laughs> but I didn't get to do archaeology. Mm. <laughs> uh, um so I always it was always a thing that I didn't get to do archaeology. I am now. I'm actually part of an archaeology group. Brilliant. But uh, <laughs> um, but it always I, I always wanted to do archaeology. So um, I when I went back to college because I I didn't actually do it the normal way that normal mm. people do it. Mm-hmm. I actually left school. I actually failed school and left school and I went away and worked and I saved up the money to do my degree. And then I went back and did a fine art degree. Mm. And all the way through, I was doing my work, and it was always a museum. It always had a museum theme or a history theme mm. or some kind of mm. historic theme. And, uh, and, I, and I started thinking about it and thinking, what I really, really need to do is say, at least once, once a year, that belongs in a museum. Mm. And that's, that's what I... That's where it came from. I <laughs> just wanted to say that. Mm. Just wanted to have that stupid saying in my head and say mm. it once a year, which I now get to do. Mm. So um, I did my fine art degree. I managed to get a job at the art gallery, and I have pretty much been there ever since. Mm. When I started working there, um, Brian Stewart was the curator, mm. and he was so innovative in what he was doing. I mean, he was one of the. St- the, one of the people that started the family friendly mm-hmm. um, wow. museums um, thing and um, so there was very much a fo- focus on family friendly um, I found I worked really well with teenagers um, and audience and engagement and inclusion was always at the heart of everything we did mm. and that's just stuck with me mm. all the way through and I've been there 20 years now amazing and um I haven't wanted to look for another job um, until until now, really. And I'm not actually looking for another job because I don't think I want to go into another job. Mm. But I definitely need to... I feel like my time there has... I've done enough. Mm-hmm. And it's time for somebody else with some new ideas to come in. And, and I think I've got more to offer the mm. museum community, as it were. Yeah. Do you have any sort of favourite pieces at Falmouth? Any kind of objects or paintings drawings that you've been kind of drawn to over the years it changes it <laughs> yeah. changes it always does um so sophie anderson mm. we have a really lovely sophie anderson called um roses which was actually exhibited in the first town of art gallery which is at the other what was at the other at the other end of town in grove place mm-hmm. um which started as a commercial gallery which was started by henry scott chook mm-hmm. and william Ayrst Ingram. So that was the first ever found of Art Gallery, and that painting opened the show, which is oh, very wow. interesting mm. from a woman artist point yeah, of view. Yeah, definitely. Um, there were two really famous men artists in Falmouth at the time, because mm. we had Hemi and Chuk, and they were both working and practicing and mm. ex- Royal Academy exhibiting and all of that kind of thing. But she opened the show, um, and I think she's a fascinating artist just for the fact that she isn't that well known but no. was doing some really amazing stuff I mean mm. her her depiction of Elaine that's in the Walker Art Gallery mm. um, which is skied <laughs> oh, but it is huge mm. it is huge um, 
I mean, she did that in 1870. Mm. And it's a massive, massive, massive piece. And I just think she's fascinating. And she is bur- she's buried in Founder Cemetery as well. Oh, I didn't know so that. So she lived and worked here mm. at the latter part of her life. Oh, brilliant. Are any of her works included in the exhibition? Or was it just not fit the... The it kind of didn't. It kind of didn't. Didn't quite fit the theme because mm. she's not really. Although she kind of hung out with him, she's not mm. classed as a pre-Raphaelite. Yeah, it's fair enough. But um, Walker, uh, um, Walker, um, wouldn't wouldn't lend the piece for conservation okay. reasons. Yeah. I, I don't think it's moved that often, mm-hmm. um, which is which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what other museums and private uh, people have you been kind of working with to draw pieces for the exhibition? Um, so we've got works coming from the V&A, mm. uh, Tate, um, I've got to think off the top of my head now, so obviously Eton College, mm. Birmingham, Manchester, Southampton, mm. uh, Russell Coates in Bournemouth, mm. um, I mustn't forget all the other ones. So Lincoln. <laughs> oh, you don't have to list all those. Just, just <laughs> yeah, give people kind of an idea of the scale of <laughs> yeah. you know how many places. And... Yeah, I mean, we the the gallery are only lending two pieces to the show, so the whole mm. show is it as a whole thing has come mm. from all over. Amazing. Oh, um, Art Gallery Ontario, Canada. Oh wow! So that's where the other Waterhouse piece is coming from. Mm. So brilliant. And for anybody <laughs> that knows nothing about King Arthur or any of the legends, what are the kind of uh, themes that we can draw out that make it kind of relevant today, or what are the kind of overarching sort of yeah ideas you're going for so I think for it, it's quite nice to show um the strength of the women characters mm-hmm. it's quite hard when you start looking at Arthurian pictures you can never find you can never actually find a living picture of King Arthur um oh. it's always the death of Arthur so there's mm. quite a lot about that which is quite funny but I mean the from an interpretation point of view we'll very much be focusing on the characters yeah um, and just showing wherever every single one of them fits into the legend. Mm. And what I'd really like to do is I um, I want to kind of give give a flavour of the Mort Darthur book as mm. well. Yeah. So we'll be concentrating on on each book mm-hmm. with so you, the work. So you're kind of looking at King Arthur through the lens of Thomas Mallory and Tennyson yeah. through there, how they kind of approached those legends. Yeah. Brilliant. Amazing. So I'm guessing, yeah, so some of the themes, I'm guessing sort of like love and tragedy and heroism and, yeah, all these kind of really complex, interesting emotions. Yeah, and obviously there's very interesting things about love potions. Because mm. if you read the le- legend, there's, there's a lot about um, changing one's appearance to sort mm. of get their own means, which is quite interesting, really. Mm. And has, being an artist, has that kind of... Does that sort of affect your approach to art history and to curating? Is that kind of is that part of your style? I think um, it's really hard to answer that question because mm. you always feel like you're kind of bigging, bigging up yourself, no, don't you? Go for it. Um, but I think I've got a very creative approach to mm. uh, to the narrative, mm. and um, so I think that's that's where my strength is. Mm. And you talked about kind of engaging communities. Are you going to be doing kind of workshops or days, you know, at the, at the different places? I, I've got so many, <laughs> so many things that I'd like to do. Um, but unfortunately, I'm waiting, on, I'm waiting on funding bids at the moment. But I've had, mm. I've had so many ideas. I can't say because I don't want to let anyone down. Yes. If I go, oh, we're going to do this. And then it doesn't happen because <laughs> we can't get the funding. Mm. But yeah, I've had, I've had loads of really, really great ideas. Um, 
Well, yes, stay tuned. That's exciting <laughs> just to find out more in the future. It's a little teaser of what, what yeah. can come. Any sponsors want to come out of the woodwork, that'd be quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, is there um, anything I haven't asked you that you wanted to talk about, about the exhibition, or just generally? Oh, I don't know. Um, I suppose, I suppose if... I suppose what I should say really is I should talk more about the book because mm-hmm. the book's the book's really interesting. I mean I I've I've compiled the book. Um but the the actual essays in the book are written by amazing people. Mm-hmm. So we've got um Alison Smith at National Portrait Gallery has mm-hmm. written the introduction. Joanna Bannum has written a uh, a section on the Pre-Raphaelites. Then we've got Sarah Crown who's dissected the literature. Amazing. She's the um mm-hmm. She's the head of literature at Arts Council England. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Jim Cheshire, who's... Oh, sorry, Dr Jim Cheshire, who's the Tennyson expert, and he's written about Tennyson's visit to Cornwall. And then Jackie uh, Nowakowski, who is our local archaeologist down in Cornwall, who writes about the archaeology in Cornwall. And it's really interesting. And the essays all tie together really well. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of takes you on this journey through practice pre-Raphaelite art and then all the way down to Cornwall mm. and how it's and how and, and where it fits in from a sort of archaeological site point of view mm. so it's really interesting yeah I've got a copy of that I've not been to the exhibition yet unfortunately but I have a copy of the book and it, it is fascinating the different approaches and I love the way it's combining you're combining art literature and archaeology as well I don't know much about archaeology but to mm. kind of bring it into this I think it's a really interesting idea. It does make you want to kind of go out on a, on expeditions to find these mm. places. I mean, I've got a list I'd love to visit. Mm. But um, we'll, 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 I mean, we will be doing the same at, at Tully House as well because mm-hmm. they've got loads of sites around there too. So they've got the site of Lancelot and Guinevere's Fair, but they've also got... I'm going to get this wrong. Um, but it's something like King Arthur's Hoof. <laughs> oh, wow. Or something, which is... And, and, and the Round Table too. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's quite a few sites there too. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. So yeah, just to say again, um, the exhibition The Legend of King Arthur is currently at the William Morris Gallery till June. No, sorry, till January 2023. Then it moves to the Tully House Museum in Cumbria till June 2023. And then here for its kind of final finale at Falmouth Art Gallery um, from June to September 2023. And I can't wait to visit. <laughs> and thank you so much for us doing this recording in a pub. I've not I done know. a recording in a Victorian pub before. It's fascinating. <laughs> it's a lovely place. And I can't wait. I'm going to go to the um, Falmouth Art Gallery after this. So I thank- should probably say it's the Moth and Moon. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, if you come to Falmouth and you come to see the wonderful exhibition next year, do pop in <laughs> to this lovely pub. And thank you very much to them for letting us record here. <laughs> Yeah, it's a shame we've both got hot chocolates, not anything alcoholic, <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> Thank you so much, Natalie. That was really, really interesting. I no. can't wait to see the exhibition. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Mm-hmm.